Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for following Jesus. If we haven't met yet, my name is Tony and I'm your host. With over a decade in and walking alongside the local church, my goal for you is to help you move closer to Jesus through intentional conversation and practical tools. We want to help you grow in your intimacy and your faith. And today, I'm so excited for the conversation that I get to share with you. Uh, Greg and his daughter, Leah, are on the podcast today, and one of the things that you'll know about them is they're just friends. They're friends of mine, but they're a father-daughter combo who disagree just about everything. <laughs> they, uh, they argue about politics. They have strong opinions about the way things should and be in the world. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is this conversation is all about helping you learn how to disagree with good practice, right? Disagreement is an art that sometimes I think is lost on the world that we live in today. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Greg and Leah. And if you do enjoy it, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And the highest compliment you can give us, share this episode with a friend, maybe somebody you disagree with or somebody you are thankful that you get to practice. So I, I'm again, I'm so excited to share this episode. I know you're going to love Greg and Leah. Uh, without any further ado, here's my conversation with two of my dear friends. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to have one of my dearest friends for the last five years and his lovely daughter here, Greg and Leah. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the podcast. Uh, Leah, I want to start with you. Um, I was trying to think about how I could introduce what we're here to talk about today mm-hmm. without being offensive or <laughs> uh, or I, I don't want to mischaracterize it. So I thought I would ask each of you mm. to tell me why you think we're here today. We'll start with you and then we'll go to Greg right after that. Mm. Well, I hope the reason why I think I'm here today isn't totally different from both of you. I'm not <laughs> part of some like intervention or something. <laughs> uh, so, so from my perspective, the reason why we're here is because uh, I have... A fantastic relationship with my dad. I am so deeply grateful because um, I know not everybody has the same experience as me. Um, but my dad and I uh, do not agree on a, on a lot of things in our life, and I think you know we can all say we have disagreements. But sure. um, we have a lot of um, belief and ideological differences that can create some conflict in our relationship. Um, But what I think that we've really been able to do over the years of um, especially my adult life is find a way to navigate those differences that honor the fundamental love and relationship and respect that we have for one another. Um, And we recently were meeting talking about um, another one of these fundamental disagreements that we have. Um, And we came to the end of that meeting just saying like, we wish that other people could know um, what, not that we've done it perfectly, but what we've done to navigate those differences and still really support and foster our relationship. Oh, I love that. I, I love the, the relational angle of that um, thought process. Greg, uh, same question to you. What, uh, what, I mean, you were the one that reached out to me and like, hey, listen, I think that this is something would be worth talking about. You're a longtime listener of the podcast, which we deeply appreciate. Um, what what brought you to this office to have this dialogue today? I'm trying to think of what I would say different than Leah, and boy, I, there's so much of it that is exactly, that's exactly what she said. I think the one thing, when we have these differences, uh, and when we talk through them, because it's rare that we have a difference and we don't choose to engage. And when we do, uh, I think that uh, we we go. It's not a short conversation, you know. And uh, I, I mean, give me the average. Like, how long is your conversation about? I mean. Uh, did you say two hours? Easy it can be, hours, yeah. yeah. We'll go to dinner. We'll go to dinner and, you know, and then we'll sit. So that, what she said, everything, but with an understanding that there's really a lot. We will give each other homework. We will pause a topic. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, to that extent right there. And we'll walk away from a topic if 
if there's not going to be uh, any joy found on either side. Leah, I want to I want to ask you um, about because in in any parent child relationship, there's a natural power stru- structure. You know what I mean? There's a natural kind of position that one takes. And I can tell you that growing up, um, I don't know that I would ever have gone against my dad in, in something uh, that he is passionate about. And I know your dad pretty well, and he's passionate about everything. Yeah. Um, it, at what point did you feel like that your relationship with your dad gave you permission to use your voice? Or was it more of a, I can't take this anymore, I'm drawing a line to the sand? <laughs> like, I, I don't know, like, paint the picture for somebody who's listening, like, I don't know, I don't know about that. Yeah, um, if I can use a really specific example. Please, um, yeah. And this is gonna tell your audience a little bit about me um, and kind of where I fall on things. Um, I was, I remember being in middle school um, when I was in history class and we were starting to have conversations about kind of how history relates to present day, you know, our country and um, specifically talking, uh, the, the topic was a really big and heavy one. It was the death penalty. Um, and I was starting to have a lot of questions just about that specifically. And I remember coming to my dad, um, this is a big topic for anybody, but I think this is um, this is especially a big topic for, I can't imagine what you were thinking, Dad, like this 12-year-old girl <laughs> is coming to me talking about like these um, just things that I was really struggling with. And what I remember about that conversation was he told me exactly why he had the beliefs he did, why he felt that those beliefs were rooted in important values and he also allowed me to to challenge him and to tell him um why i felt like another stance was more rooted in my values and he i don't remember leaving that conversation feeling like i had to change my mind or he would be disappointed if i felt differently um i know i just very much left feeling like um well, this might be something we disagree on and that can also be okay. Um, I, I, again, I, I feel really grateful and um, so I'm not a parent myself, but as a parent, I, I can't imagine how challenging it would be to, um, you know, when your child starts to have these ideological differences um, from you, but I just so much appreciate that I was, I was given that space, that power dynamic um, was mitigated in a way that um, I appreciate. Greg, did you um, intentionally go into parenting saying, uh, like, uh, I'm going to raise this free thinker, or were you shocked when she came to you about the death penalty, and then was this a a premeditated posture that you took around letting her kind of, you know, ideologically disagree, or... You know, how, how did you come to that place? Uh, pre- premeditated, yeah, that's a great way to put it. So I have, uh, I count, uh, tell you how sensitive the topic of the death penalty she brought up. My brother was murdered, and at one time the, the gentleman that murdered him was on death row. Uh, so that tells you, you know, how, how deeply rooted the topic was. But a premeditation came from, she has an older sister, uh, it's four years older and an older cousin that I count really as my son. He's the son of my brother that was murdered. And uh, so I, I had been through it with them, two completely different personalities. Uh, and uh, when I went through very similar type conversations with especially my nephew, uh, I found that was the way that he continued to engage. He, the conversation wouldn't stop dead. Uh, it wouldn't be, uh, there would be nothing that was, uh, I'm trying to think of a word in my head and that's not coming to my head, but anyway, so it was premeditated really. And, and she always made it easy because there was tons of intelligence behind it. There was a lot of, and a lot of curiosity. You know, I think she would ask me as if, hey, you might be able to present some information to me. I'm thinking this about the death penalty. I'm going to bounce it off you. And based on what you tell me, I'm going to make a decision. You might not change my mind, but I'm going to factor in what you say. I really like that curiosity word. Sorry to jump in, but I just 
I, I love that you just use the word curiosity because I think that's so important in this conversation. Yeah, do, do you think that an entrenched position, and e- either one of you, do you think an entrenched position kills curiosity? I, I'm thinking about my own kids, and I'm wondering if I would describe them as curious. Is that do, do you find that to be a natural position that you take, Leah, or is this like something that was developed in you through the schools or through your parents? or What, what are your thoughts on how to develop safe curiosity? Hmm. Um, so... I'll start by saying that uh, so I in my previous job uh, I was a therapist and curiosity was my best friend um, in a therapist role that was one of the greatest tools that I had at my disposal and that I would encourage um, the clients that I worked with to use curiosity um, and I I don't know that I can say exactly where it came from although I just felt like I had a lot of opportunities I will say one place that um, that was deeply rooted in for me was the church that I grew up in. I was, again, able to ask questions. Um, and sometimes those questions even led me to feeling differently about things that, um, you know, challenged me in my faith, challenged me as a person. But um, as far as whether or not entrenched beliefs can really challenge curiosity um, or can make that more difficult, um, I think that when we're not willing to consider that the belief that we hold is not a universal a universal truth for everybody or is not the universal experience of everybody, um, we're really missing out on an opportunity to be curious. I think it's possible to hold on to inherent, deeply held beliefs. I think we kind of need to um, to hold fulfilling um, lives, but. Think it's possible to hold on to those beliefs while still being willing to acknowledge and admit that um, that may that may be very well my reality and not the reality of somebody else who lives in that world, and that can be okay. I think I think of a couple different examples. Uh, the death penalty conversation being one. Uh, I found that the more the questions that she asked, she actually considered my answers. Uh, you know, she asked good questions. I remember, uh, I remember in high school when she was in debate, and I remember a frustration where she did not feel heard, mm-hmm. and uh, I went right straight to. In fact, I still have her. The teacher was one of my, has become one of my very first clients and a very good friend. Very different perspective than what both of I ha- both of us had at the time. She didn't feel like she was being heard. That was unacceptable. Immediately set up an appointment. I give the teacher a ton of credit because she heard it and she said, oh, holy smokes, that's the last thing I want taking place in here. I'm going to revamp the way that I do things uh, to hear that. So, and then I think of also uh, one thing that I think we do a good job of I bet you there's some still some things that we remain entrenched in, mm. but we do a good job of trying to gain the other person's perspective. She challenged me to watch a documentary one time, uh, 13, right? Yes, 13. And I, t- I sat down and took two pages of notes because I knew that she was going to want to talk about it. And when it all came down, I had some questions for her. I had some points of disagreement for her. But the last thing, the, the, the thing I carry with me is I understand now why she feels the way that she does. And I didn't turn and buy into, all, I, I said, boy, I think they did a poor job of of speaking this, or I challenge that fact that they gave there. I challenge it, you know, the source of it. So I still remained, you know, believing what I believed, but I had a perspective, and I enjoyed the documentary, you know, so it was a good source. And that's kind of a common thread. Uh, We try to bring up good sources that each other can look at. And try to take each other's... um be willing to see where each other's perspective might have come from, too. I think that's important. I, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about the rest of the family for just a second. Mm. Because I, I, there's probably somebody who's on a treadmill right now, 
or on the elliptical and they're like, listen, I can't handle that kind of disagreement. I can't handle, I can't, can't be at Thanksgiving dinner when uh, Greg and Leah just start going at it at the table. Uh, how, how do you manage, because I'm sure that not everyone in your family is as open to disagreement or conflict as, as you both seem to be. How do you manage the tension that knowing that you guys couldn't be any more polar opposites ideolo- ideologically, um, it impacts the rest of the family. Do you want to take that first? Yeah, well, so our backdrop, you know, every conversation has a backdrop, just like everybody has a constant tape playing in their head. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the mood music that, you know, for your life, uh, or, or, or whatever, that tape just plays in your head. I think that backdrop remains with us, and if 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 the passion, if the anger or the frustration or uh, a something that is of disbelief, if she says something or I say something that we're like, I can't believe that you think that, you know, if, if that right there, it doesn't lack that passion. We don't hold back, but that backdrop of I enjoy doing life with her so much I think that we've been so helpful to each other uh, that you know she's called me for almost every major decision that she's made in her life I've went to her about disputes within our family and said hey listen we've got this going on so that value I think we make so many deposits into each other's emotional bank account mm-hmm. that when a large withdrawal, a angry exchange, a what the hell are you, where, where'd you learn that? Right. <laughs> you know, one of those things, that may make a withdrawal, but there's still easily a ton of emotional uh, equity in each other's account. Yeah. That makes me think of, um, are you familiar with uh, Brene Brown? Oh, yeah. Um, Her marble jar analogy of relationships aren't built upon um, one or two events, and we don't create vulnerability and trust within relationships by one or two things. It's like a marble jar that over time, you know, these small deposits are made, and sometimes withdrawals are made too, and sometimes those are big withdrawals, but the the purpose of building that trust in a relationship is that, um, you know, over time there's enough of those small, um, not so small sometimes events that have created an environment that can cushion, can cushion that. I think we both feel too, there's been points, I can remember one point with me and I can remember, uh, at least one point with you where, uh, the bank account has come close where it's come close to that check bouncing. And I think of the overwhelming effort that we both made to hurry up and get some equity back into that. There was a feeling, uh, if you could read a text exchange that we had, I want to say it was like four years ago. You would would swear that we probably never were going to talk to each other again the rest of our lives i mean it was we we have a habit now of pulling anything off social media so that other people can't chime in uh and you know then just have the conversation and i remember that one being uh as heated a debate as we ever had and we both woke up the next day knowing it went too far and instead of trying to continue to further you know, reestablish that I was right or she was right, it immediately went back into, okay, well, let's get, let's get into some triage here. What, what in the, what in the world happened last night? We need to, we need to fix that first and foremost. Yeah, let, let's drill down on that. Cause I, I think that there's probably, uh, somebody who's listening, who's taken it too far, mm. uh, online or in person. Mm-hmm. How do you put marbles back in the jar? How do you refill the bank account? What do you guys have? Like, uh, um, is there is there like a five-step process? Is there a, a, a beverage that's served? Is there, what, what do you do to heal when it hurts? Yeah. Um, well, 
I think first and foremost, the thing that we've learned to do is to be physically with each other. And I understand that that isn't always that's possible huge. for yeah, people. It is huge. Um, when, when it's able to be done, um, when you can physically be with that person, that is so important um, to not just take it offline, but take it off of text and even take it off of a phone call because you miss so much when you're just texting. And I know both of us have been guilty of taking what somebody said a different way than what they meant it because we didn't have all the context. Look at that face. How long could you stay mad at that? <laughs> How long could you stay mad at that? that that's my whole, that's, <laughs> But it's right. Yeah. It's, it's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, I when she's arguing with me and I get really mad, all I can do is think of a video when she was like about six years old singing oh this Hanson song. Oh, God. This <laughs> I is the part of the podcast that gets mad. cut out, right? <laughs> But she hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I mean, well, and I would also say too, you know, we we meet in person, and and we don't even we don't start at the heart of the argument. We don't pick up where we left off in terms of that um, heated space. Um, it's not like a, okay, we're gonna pick up with this later. We reassess and re- we refocus and we say, here's what was going on with me when we were having this conversation or as we've learned to do when this happened I felt this and then that made me think this so this is what I would like to do about that or this is what I see as um you know a next step to that that I feel equation um that again as as a therapist (laughs) I found a really helpful tool but has been really helpful in my you know our personal relationship so, so the, the reality is, is that it's not just you guys who are getting in these arguments. You're both married. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would assume, uh, I, you know, I know in Greg's case, because we're close enough, but Lee, I would assume that your husband aligns with you for the most part, sure. politically yeah. and yeah. ideally. Um, whenever I disagree with someone, mm-hmm. I will go home and tell my wife how much I feel about that person, right? Um, and And... You know, it happens to me at work sometimes. It certainly happened to me. I serve on enough boards that, that those are just real, you know, those are healthy relationship tendencies. You go home, you unload all your frustration um, to your spouse. In this case, your family, and you guys do the healing one-on-one. I'm, I'm assuming you don't bring your spouses in tow. How do you, how do you, prevent, how do you prevent poisoning the well that is uh, in, in the relationship from your husband and, and you, Greg, from your wife? Like, how do you prevent ruining future family gatherings because you've, you've now just let out how, what a ridiculous position the other person has? I just try to get in an argument with her husband. And do the <laughs> I know you do. That's that's true. That is facts right there. That, uh, that he, just, he doesn't discriminate. Who I've had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Friends, just in case you're wondering who the instigator <laughs> in, this, in this discussion is. Uh, you know, I tell you. So, I'll pick on her husband for a minute. Um, the overarching. I feel like the difference that we had, I can think of one conversation, uh, and I completely, he did an incredible job of giving me perspective uh, quickly from where he was. But, and and I still stayed, my I didn't compromise what I thought, he didn't compromise what he thought, but I immediately gained some perspective and when the conversation was over, you know, I told him I loved him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't reply back. And he, I think it's one of the very, this was a while back ago. This was, I mean, you, either you guys weren't married yet or, or, or just newly married. And he saw me in person. And I told him I loved him before. And he told me, he says, you know, he says, you're the first guy in a long time that's told me that he loves me. And and I said, you're the first guy that I've told I love that hadn't answered me back. <laughs> and he said, well, I want you to know I love you too. Mm-hmm. And so when you have that backdrop of, you know, he's someone who him and I have had the, she can't, she obviously is not, torpedoing me too bad because he's told me on occasion recently 
He said, I think you're the best dad in the world. So I'm sure that anger gets, steam gets let off and the decompression does take place, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure she hangs up the phone and says, some days I just want to strangle him. You know, but. I don't get violent with it. <laughs> some days there's that, so. So are, uh, you, are you intentional on how you messaged uh, Stacy? Uh Give me an example. I want to understand that question better. Yeah, so do you, after you get off a tough conversation with Leah, do you go to your wife and say, I just don't know what's wrong with that girl? Or, you know... Yeah, uh, it's I, cool. I mean, do you, how, how, do you, how do you protect her, right? Right, like, right. No, that's... Well, so here's, here's the great thing. And Ryan has to be somewhat like this. I gather she can speak to it. As soon as I hang up, Stacy is has a great relationship with both of us so she immediately wants to hear i don't even have to go to her as soon as she hears the conversation over so tell me you know tell me what was said how did it land how did she hear it what did you hear her say all of these things here to where she's really i don't even know that i get a chance to go sideways and start, you know, saying, oh my gosh, she drives me crazy. And if I do, it generally gets interrupted with, well, tell me, you know, tell me exactly what was said, all that right there. There's a curiosity and a care and concern for the the family part of it right there. So I always kind of, and that probably brings the temperature down a little bit. I'm I, in the back of my head. I'm thinking, how can I, you know, I've just before my wife interrupted me and me getting ready to tell her all the things. She asked all these questions, got an understanding, and you know, she's not ready to choke her. So how in the world can I be ready to choke her? You know. That? <laughs> I, I think that our. I think that my husband is also very similar to that, um, and that he just he wants to know what what the conversation looked like from both sides. Um, I think one thing I would add to what uh, my dad said is that we both know we both know um, and respect the setting too. Um, in terms of you know how does this not translate into other family relationships there are times where like he had said before <clears throat> where we'll, we will pause um on conversations because either we know we're getting ready to you know um you know be in this big space of family or we know that there are certain conversations like there, there are certain conversations that we know just aren't going to be best had over thanksgiving dinner um, sure. The, the space feels really important because at the end of the day, um, the respect that we have for each other um, outweighs any difference. And um, I had mentioned, you know, before, before we started this, that there were, if there are any takeaways that people take away from this, I, I hope that it's this. Um, and I hope it's that people realize that the divisiveness that we exist in in this culture um, is driven much more by disrespect than it is by difference of opinion. We think of divisiveness as being driven by the differences that we have and that because we don't think or feel or see things the same way that we cannot come together. Um, but my relationship with my dad has shown me that we very much continue to not agree on things. and there's not divisiveness in the relationship because we have a fundamental respect for each other. Yeah, we don't have that. And we don't have these conversations in front of other people. It isn't a, it isn't a Thanksgiving. I know that's a, uh, that's a big family gathering, but we don't have them there. Um, we, we have them, uh, in more ideal places, uh, to where we think we can get some resolution. Uh, but, I think one of the things, and I can speak for me and she can chime in on this, I know I need her. I know I need her because there's things that only she can help me through, whether it's, uh, uh, hey, I've got to bounce something off you uh, about, your, about your brother, or I need to bounce something off you about this right here. I know that I, I can't be hypocritical, and, and, and I have to be... I have to try to understand her perspective. 
I have to, and if that's the best I can get, then I'm going to leave it at that, and that I have this perspective, but I know I'm going to need her, and there's no way I could do anything to where if I can't pick up the phone to call her for something, I don't need an underlying thread, an underlying feeling of, boy, we didn't leave it in a good space last time. Uh... It's it's the best example of it's the best example of not going to bed mad. Mm. It's really it's the best example. It's a uh, it really is. That's probably just leave it at that. Hey guys, just pausing this conversation to remind you to subscribe to the new Spirit and Truth Substack. Substack is kind of an email bloggy kind of thing, and every single week, actually twice a week, we put out content that we think will help leaders grow a spirit-led life. So it's it's about leadership, but it's about Holy Spirit-led leadership. So if you're a leader, whether that be in the local church, your family, or your business, I know that you're going to love and appreciate the Spirit and Truth Substack newsletter. For more information and to subscribe, you can go to spiritandtruth.substack.com. Now let's finish up this conversation with Greg and Leah. I, I am curious, because I, I think you're probably... You painted a very uh, romantic picture of disagreement, of civil disagreement. Mm. You know, and you I. Let me I, get that text right off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. It's not so pretty. Well, I, I mean, I, it's beautiful, right? And, yeah. and uh, I have three kids, and I want I want this kind of space for them. Yeah. What's the first step with uh, adults? Right. And, and uh, obviously, and maybe it's the first step really as a kid, but let, let's just say that it's not with a kid. It's just with a stranger, right? Like other people in your life. What's the first step in, in dialing in on disagreement with respect? Or let me dis- say one thing on that. Let me say one thing and then I'm going to just short answer, believe it or not, coming from me. But I want to kind of couch... I want to see what she has to say about that because it's a direct answer to what you're going to say, what you just asked. I think the key is you have to get it to a head. You have to get it to a place to where there is, this is a, where it's understood. This is a disagreement right here. This is, we are not, I can't, you know, that we've got to get it to a head. So there's an effort to get it to that point so that we can be over the hump and kind of start seeing the down. There's no passive to your aggressive. Yeah, no, no, there's not. Uh, you know, we want to get it to that place right there. Rarely do we engage to where we only go halfway. Rarely okay. do we engage. It's, it's, so, it's so you would say out. that the first step in showing respect is agreeing that we're going to go all the way once we yeah, start. Yeah, And I, I would even maybe... I might even reframe that to say I think the first step to respect is to say, um, to, to call it what it is, um, like what you said, to acknowledge there's disagreement here. Um, and for us, our limits, our boundaries are going to be different from what other people's limits and boundaries are. So I think in having a disagreement with somebody, whether it's somebody that you're very close to, somebody that you wish to be close to, or somebody that you know you've just met, um, acknowledging, acknowledging it for what it is. This is something that we disagree on for, you know, we don't even need to go through X, Y, and Z reason. This is just something we disagree on and getting really clear about what does that mean for us in this relationship? Um, what is our relationship need? What are the boundaries that are needed? Um, because, you know, the boundaries that we have for our relationship and conversation. We've mentioned a few of them with social media and the spaces, but um, they are probably different boundaries than what, you know, say he has with my sister or what, you know, I might have with um, my husband because, you know, believe it or not, we do disagree on some things. Um, So directness and, and boundaries feel incredibly important. And I want to... I also want to speak to if there's anybody listening who is thinking like I am disagreeing like I'm coming from the child's perspective even though I'm an adult woman um, I disagree 
with somebody in my life who their disagreement fundally, fundamentally disrespects um, an aspect of who I am or fundamentally disrespects um, or does not validate this part of myself that um, is really a part of my identity. And I want to acknowledge and validate that part of some of those people's boundaries may be um, that your relationship looks very different than what it does with me and my dad. I am, again, very grateful that no part, I, I don't have a part of my identity that my dad fundamentally disrespects or has, um, you know, has those um, vitriolic feelings towards we disagree on beliefs, but he loves and respects all parts of who I am. If that weren't the case, this relationship couldn't be what it is. Mm -hmm. And so this isn't a plea, you know, for people to, you know, oh, just for, you know, forget, um, you know, all the differences you have with this person who has maybe called you horrible things or has maybe really disrespected aspects of who you are because they disagree with it. Um, you know, just love them. We certainly have respect. You know, there, yeah. there hasn't been the, we, we've gotten uh, high volume, mm -hmm. highly irate with each other, there hasn't been any name callings, yeah. and there's been, and and we we have enough respect for each other. Uh, I can think of a topic that we let dangle, uh, and it wasn't nobody failed. It was just we simply haven't gotten back to it. Uh, you know, it, it, if she gives me homework or I give her homework, we're not going to pretend like. Okay, you know, we solved that one right there. It's going to come back in another topic and say, no, hey, wait a minute. I asked you to, or I listened mm -hmm. to your, you know, podcast, uh, and I sent you over these questions, mm -hmm. you know. There hasn't been a, in fact, that's the thing I was thinking about right there is, is the podcast. And But, see, we won't, it might not jump at, but the next time we have a conversation, it'll get picked back up. We won't, we won't pretend there's no pretend. I guess that's a long way of saying uh, uh, we don't pretend that we agree. Mm -hmm. We try to gain perspective. We know that we love each other. We certainly have respect for each other. Yeah. Uh, but being direct, really, I mean, it, it, it's 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 the only way I know how to go. I mean, being direct, being honest, bringing it to a head, not playing pretend on anything. Those are the things that have helped us get through. Uh, I can't imagine how if we none of those things were uh, not cemented in our foundation that we'd, we'd be nearly as close as we are. Yeah. One of my favorite definitions of grace is unmerited favor. Mm. You know, and, and I think that it, it kind of applies here that you guys show each other grace. And the other thing I think I'm hearing is that the boundaries are set by the depth of which we're willing to love, mm. right? Like, so that the boundary is so wide because the, the love is so wide, right? And I think that that's probably an important that's thought great put, that's for great all put. of us is, right? Like, I don't need to give great boundaries to someone who I'm not willing to give great love to, and that's just good, and that's okay. That's yeah. great. That's just and, a great way to put yeah. that. I don't know that I could have demonstrated that. And vice versa. One of the best things that my, uh, that my dad ever told me, this doesn't have to do with disagreement. This is actually a great example of when I went to him um, when I was younger with an issue in my life, and um, it was with a particular person, and I was just really struggling, and I, I remember saying to him, you know, saying to my dad, you know, I'm, I'm this person's, um, or, you know, this is my best friend we're talking about here. Like, this is why it's so hard. This is my best friend. And he just looked at me and said, um, you might be his best friend. He is not your best friend. Mm. And it, it obviously still sticks with me to this day because it taught me about how we could be willing to extend love to places that aren't willing to catch that love. Um, and we, yeah, absolutely. And um, that's, I think, just the inverse of what you just said. You know, we can't also have boundaries and spaces that um, aren't, aren't safe for us and for the love that we have to give. So, Greg, I want to ask you a question that's a little pointed and it's probably a little slanted. So uh, forgive me in advance. All right. Um, you said in the, uh, you said jokingly mm -hmm. in the, um, a, a little bit ago, I have in my notes, uh, wh where did you learn that? Right, and uh, you were talking about 
Leah's position on some things and frustration, mm-hmm. like, oh, where, where did you learn that? Mm-hmm. Um, as a guy who I know is who's deeply rooted in belief and faith and in your ideals, right? Mm-hmm. You're, I don't know that I've met a more passionate guy about everything. Um, <laughs> do you feel like, in some sense, that you failed because your daughter essentially agrees with nothing that you believe in? Oh, no. Not at all, uh, because... And, and, and how do you wrestle with that? Yeah, and, and uh, well, the, the failure would be defined by not having the relationship that we have right now, in my mind. Um, it's, it's difficult sometimes. It isn't for the faint of heart. Uh, we sit and smile and talk about it right now as if we have some answers that other people don't have uh, a lot of it a lot of it we make up as we go along I mean there really is I mean I can't say it enough uh, this is a mutual appreciation podcast right here but if anybody would be privy to some of the exchanges that we've had I mean they have been it's been to get it to a head, maybe even past that right there, but the respect was never lost, no matter how angry, and we never left without, I never left without trying to figure out where does she, where does she get that? You know, and I'll ask, I'll ask sometimes, where, where are you, like the, the podcast we just talked about, I was like, send me that. I want to read that right there. And then immediately she doesn't shy away from sending me information because she knows I'll look at it. I don't shy away from sending her information because I know that she'll look at it. That's a pretty, you're, you're, you're investing. You're yeah. saying, I need to at least understand. Before I can tell her she's crazy, <laughs> I need to understand where she, where she got that right there. And uh, it's, I think of, I was telling her about this when it was going on, when Black Lives Matter really came out. I desperately wanted, and, and racial tension was as thick as, as you could imagine. Mm-hmm. And I, I immediately wanted to go to African American uh, people in our community, people that I associated with from inner city youth guys that I played basketball with to successful business people in Centerville to, you know, uh, 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 a mom that, you know, here in Centerville, all that I had relationship with and to ask them, tell me what you tell me. And I, and I didn't shy away from telling them the points I disagree. I didn't just go to placate them and I didn't go to just say, hey, look at all these African-American friends I have that I get along so good with. They got a chance to hear the things that I disagreed with. And I don't know that I won them over, but they understood and they certainly helped me understand. Those are valued relationships today. The kid from the inner city that plays basketball, you know, just texted me a picture of his daughter. And he's moved away to Cleveland and hasn't, hasn't lived here for probably three years. Yeah. I think that if um, another thing, that another trap that a lot of people can get stuck in, especially when you have really deeply rooted um, beliefs about things, is the trap of only having people around you who agree with those things. Um, I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we don't choose to be in relationship with people who have diversity in thought, diversity in race, diversity in... Um, ethnic background, cultural background, religious background. I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we don't have that circle of relationships that reflect other worldviews because um, I think it makes it a lot harder for us to have that curiosity um, to, to be able to develop and just like what you were just saying, Dad, you know, acknowledge the fact that um, there are people that live really different lives and have different perspectives than what we have that that we could never have you could never have the same perspective of any of those people that you just mentioned until you heard it from them and what was important about that was the relationship um that you already had a relationship with with all of those people but we really do ourselves a disservice when our circle looks exactly 
like us um, and talks and sounds exactly like us. I think our circle observes us too. Uh, the respect goes so far that uh, I won't say names, but you'll know who she is when I'm talking about, has observed us uh, uh, talking on social media. And I've actually engaged her a couple times. I have so much respect for Leah that I'm not gonna, I would continue to have it. I didn't have her phone number to text her, number one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had so much, I had so much respect for her that, uh, and I actually, and the one thing, uh, she actually agreed that I taught her something. And on, on the flip side, uh, I don't know if she taught me anything, but I certainly understood her perspective. You know, when you have that kind of respect for someone, uh, you know, the teacher that became my, one of my first clients that sure. gave her, uh, uh, said, said to me one time, I buy her lunch, uh, uh, just cause she's been such a great friend of mine. Uh, we'll go out to lunch and I always tell her it's on me. I mean, you, you contribute way more to this relationship than I do. And uh, she says, boy, it's gotta drive you crazy that you you and your daughter ideologically disagree on so many things. And I said, yeah, I said, it does. I mean, you, you wish there was more agreement. And she says, but I see how you guys do it. And, you know, that's the way to handle it right there. So there's a lot of affirming, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Love. There's a lot of love. Yeah. I think that's good. Um, okay, so I have one more question to ask you guys, mm -hmm. uh, but before I ask it, if one of my listeners wanted to connect with either one of you to, to maybe ask maybe something specific or to get your wisdom or to get your tips, where's the best place to find you on the internet, Leah? Um, the best place to find me, so I'm going to give two because my... Um, Facebook is um, largely private because of the work that I do. Sure. Um, they could search for me. Um, my name is Leah Marie, L-E-A-H. Marie spelled the way that you might imagine it's spelled. Um, and, um, you know, I'm happy to answer questions there. But, but I'm also really more so happy to give um, an email that people can reach out to. Um, my email um, is something that I don't know if you want to put in the show notes. Yeah, or you just and want we'll me to put that in the link in the show notes. We'll yeah. put it in the show notes. Yeah. Why don't you say it now just in case somebody's yeah. driving and they're just going to voice text it right now. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, my email is um, my first and maiden name, L-E-A-H-F, as in Frank, A-Y-8-8 at gmail.com. Great, awesome. Uh, she disappoints me because she doesn't do the phonetic alphabet. Right? Well, <laughs> I know. What would it be for F Foxtrot? Foxtrot. Oh, okay. Yeah, Foxtrot. Um, Greg, best place for people to find you on the interwebs? Facebook. Uh, uh, my my Facebook is not private. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing it's about Greg. Greg Fay is private. <laughs> Foxtrot A Y Alpha Yankee Greg Fay or uh, my email Greg at Greg Fay Insurance and you'll put that link in yeah, there. Yeah, we'll put all the links in there. I would entertain there. any conversation. Uh, and if, if you're there. and if you need a good insurance guy, he's your yeah, guy for yeah, sure, a hundred percent. I tell him I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Last question. I always love to ask people. It's an advice question, where I take you back into a particular season of your life and ask you to give yourself one piece of advice. So I'm going to take you back to the day after the death penalty discussion for both of you. And if you could pull up um, a chair in front of that younger version of yourself, privately in a room with no one else around, look her or him in the eyes and give them one piece of advice around the next several years of doing life together, specifically as it pertains to this relationship. What's the one piece of advice you're going to give them? And, and Greg, I'll, I'll go to you, and then we'll end with you, Leah. Uh, that's, uh, that's great, and I listen to your podcast all the time, so I know that that question's coming. That's why I went to I never first. know the point. I never know the point <laughs> in time, though. i got to be honest with you. This is not me breaking my arm to pat myself on the back. I would be too afraid if I gave myself any different advice. This would be different, and I'm not willing to. 
I'm not willing to chance that right there. So for you, it would be just stay the course. Stay the course. Continue to do, again, and I cheated. I cheated in the sense that I had already been a dad for four years. I had already had a son, and I know he's my nephew, but I call him my son. Uh, I had already had, he was as, as strong-willed and as opinionated as Leah. And uh, I remember him and I got in a disagreement one time, and he he freestyle raps, and he's done that forever. I mean, forever and ever and ever. And uh, I think Leo will remember this right here. We had a disagreement on something, and I stayed up that night till about midnight at the dining room table when I wrote him a rap, <laughs> and I put it on his bed. And he can't. He didn't. He didn't see it because he normally got up racing to get to school on time. And I was disappointed he didn't see it the next morning. And he came home, and he said, "This is good." He said, "This is good." He says, "How can I stay mad at you like this right here?" And I said, "I had to get in your space." So I had the benefit of having practice. Yeah. So I, I would. The short answer is I. I would not change a thing for fear that this would be different because this is as good as it gets. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Leah, what about you? What are you telling that young lady? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I would really want her to know that because at this point that young lady has not made a lot of the changes sure. that, that I will then, you know, go on to make in my life. Um, and I would just want her to know that all of those changes that will develop, um, whatever they look like, whatever new things that she learns about the world. Um, you have a safe space, um, and I, I would want her to know, and I, I believe that my dad and family would affirm this, that um, your largeness and all of your ideas and your largeness of things that feel that make you feel so different from your family or from other people are, are what make you incredibly loved and unique and beautiful and I'm, I'm glad that I was <coughs> raised in a family that affirmed that my differences um, were some of the best things about me and I would just want that girl to know that that that's true and that you live in a, in a space where that's okay and that's safe mm. so good Thank you both for the vulnerability, for the generosity, for the for the opportunity to have this important dialogue. And I think, um, listeners, I, I think that if you're hearing this, maybe think about one person in your life where you can close the gap uh, respectfully and respectfully disagree. I think it's a gift that we can give and a skill we can sharpen in all of us. So thank you guys. I told you guys, what a rich conversation with these two. I love the way... They talk about the relationship first. I think that's where all disagreement needs to start is with the importance of the relationship. Unconditional love does wondrous things for helping us grow in disagreement. Friends, I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Uh, I'm thankful that we can have these kind of conversations, the real ones, the honest ones. Do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. And as always, the highest comment you can give us, share this episode with a friend. Thankful for you guys. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.